my name is Carol Donaldson and this is the second part of my podcast recorded in autumn 21 at the RSPB Cliffpools Reserve. In this episode I take a walk along the Thames estuary and discover the abandoned buildings of the Cliffs Explosive Works. Thanks for listening. So as you can hear the wind's sort of picking up quite a bit now. in. I've just gone through a gate uh, and we're carrying on this track. I'm going to look for a minute. Oh, I can just see, just on the seawall now, I can see a little ladder. I think that might be my friend because I'm looking for somewhere to have my lunch. is coming in there, little white heads foaming on the river, um, down up river, sorry, up river, I can see Gravesend and just curling, Thames is now curling around um, one of the shipping markers, I believe that's Coal House Port there, so one of the shipping markers, it's like a box-like structure on stilts um, and that's on the Essex side. Coalhouse Fault. Inside we've got the hills rising away from Gravesend um, and you can just see the piers coming out from the Brett's Works. The light has just really silvered that water now. It's that really sharp light of you only get in autumn which can be really beautiful. Unfortunately for me it sets off migraine so it's not my favourite kind of light in the world but I can appreciate it's beautiful. And if I look inland here Inland is like this really rural scene that could be from hundreds of years ago. I've got this field of kind of golden grass dotted with sheep, kind of grazing, just loafing around, little fences heading inland, and beyond that is like the woods and the hills. There's a big flock of um, starlings working their way across the fields now, um, not kind of murmurating in that beautiful way that they will be doing in the winter, but just kind of young flocks of starlings feeding. And then if I move around again, I can just about see South End in the distance. I can see the towers on the hill at South End. And then coming down, there's the Corringham Oil Storage Depot and then the really brightly coloured Thames Port. It's come out quite sunny again now. Hopefully these big cumulus clouds keep rolling over. Oh, I think that's a fox poo on the path. Looks a bit small for dogs. Just come up against the big black gate with big keep out signs on so I will respect it and not climb over there but just beyond that I can just see the little um, a chimney rising and what looks like an old farmstead um, tucked away it looks like it's got sort of willows growing up through the ruins and just over to the left I can see more ruins there um, I'm not sure. I know that there was like an ammunitions factory out here. That could be part of that, I guess. 
It's very atmospheric, I must say, and part of this um, real appeal, I think, of the marshes is these abandoned villages and um, little farmsteads that are dotted over and have just been quite left. Frankly, to be honest, I'd be quite happy to buy that and do it up. Has it got a roof? Yeah, it's even got a roof. Just looking through my binoculars now, it's across a field of... It's a field of sort of tussocky rush. It's got two big kind of dead looking poplar trees they look like to the left and just the chimney and the chimney pot standing still. And beyond that is some little concrete structures. Very atmospheric little ruins out here. Could be part of the old cement works. Could be part of an ammunition dump. Um, there's a rather enticing path leading right up to it. Um, but I'm going to behave and not climb over this keep out gate. Which I have to say looks very climbable. But I'll pay attention and keep out for now. You get these places out here, these kind of unexpected surprises. Now just in front of me and on the sea wall, there looks like I'm sort of monument. It's had a bit of a skew whiff. Let's just find out what that's about. So just come up against this kind of obelisk on the Thames. There's a banded snail sitting among a load of um, lichen on it. And on the top of it is a crest which is kind of two seahorses holding like a coat of arms. Um, it's really hard to read, but it says something like the eastern boundary of the, I think that says jurisdiction of the company of watermen and lightermen of the River Thames under the Act of 22nd, oh, sun's come out, it makes it even harder to read, something like 1816 I think it says. And it's got the names of Thomas White Master. Can't read that. And yeah, no, it's really hard, really hard to read. Um, so it's obviously the eastern boundary of the Thames for the Waterman Enlightenment. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means, I'm afraid. Um, but we are, well, we're still very, oh, there's a daddy long leg just gone past my head. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, really don't like them. So we're still very much on the Thames, though. So I don't know why this must be one of the shipping markers, I guess. Now we're coming up to a huge area of buildings these all look like oh, they look quite scary to be honest they look like something you'd see in a in a movie they're very stark quite large roofless buildings and there's row upon row upon row of them all kind of just abandoned out here it's like almost the size of a town it's very Eerie. I can well imagine that if I'm out, I mean, I'm out here on a, a beautiful, bright, sunny day. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, 
but crikey, they're really quite foreboding, I have to say. It, they look like, these look like wartime structures, I'm thinking. Yeah, just out here in the middle of nowhere. It would make a great film set if it was foggy today or uh, coming on for dusk on a winter's evening. It would be extremely atmospheric location for some um, post-apocalyptic, you know, film, I think. I think that's the thing as well with these marshes is because now I'm out, you know, beyond, far beyond the car park and beyond any, I'm obviously on a footpath, but beyond anywhere that people can easily drive to. And of course you just see no one, there's just no one out here. You can hear lots of noise from the Thames, boats going up the Thames, but out here, you know, you just feel very, very solitary. I mean, and we're, um, how are I not very far, probably about 30 miles out of London. Um, all this heavy industry on the opposite bank. But really, you know, you could walk these marshes alongside the Thames and just not see anybody really all day. And I suppose when you come to a place like this that's so abandoned of human life and yet once was just a hive of human activity, you know, it kind of, it kind of emphasises that isolation that you've got out here. Um, and really seeing that we've come off of, well, two years of isolation, but also two years of walking in the countryside and just being inundated by people. It's actually really rather pleasant to be out here at the moment and just not see anybody at all. Come to the end of the industrial sort of area and in front of me is a great big plain of dry grass all wafting in the winds. It looks quite barren out there. Uh, just beyond that um, there's an old barn and I can see the um, cliff pools, uh, not cliff pools, sorry, um, Norfolk Hill Nature Reserve and the hill rising up with the woodland on it. So from this point on we're kind of in what would be seen I suppose as countryside proper um, and it's quite devoid of scrub it's a really featureless landscape now I've got to say at this point in time this is probably the last point hopefully in many ways that I'm going to see this landscape looking like this um, because in a few weeks time the farmer here is going to get busy on his digger hopefully and um, with like permission of Natural England he's going to start creating all these shallow scrapes and features called reels which are sort of like wiggly lines um, to hold water on this land better in the spring which will encourage um, birds like lapwing to breed here so at the moment we've got Northwood Hill Reserve we've got cliff poles and in between there's this big chunk of land um, that gets a few lapwings showing interest in it but hardly any 
Um, actually, as I'm saying this, I've got a little lapwing, one of the little RSPB lapwing badges on my coat, and so I'm going to give it a bit of a rub for good luck in the hope that the work the farmer hopefully will get to do here um, will really be, it's like filling in that piece of the jigsaw. It's a great big area of land he's got, um, and he very, very kindly is doing this with his own money um, to make a real difference for birds here and so I'm really hopeful that this is going to be a real game changer for some of these wading birds that are coming down this river in the in the spring and looking for places to breed and at the moment there's just these kind of isolated fragments that reserves and we really need these farmers um, to turn their land around. Uh Still, it's getting very breezy here. I can see a big uh, rainstorm heading across from Corringham. Probably going to land on me and dump a load of rain on me any minute. Um, and I'm going to now turn back. I'm pretty much sure I've reached Lower Hope Point, even though there is no marker telling me, but I don't know why I expected there to be one. It's been quite a warm afternoon, so the Daddy Long Legs are now helicoptering in over my head. If one lands on my face, I will pray to scream extremely loudly into this microphone. Um, so I'm thinking this is a point to turn back on our walk along the Thames.